You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Well, it's time, time once again for the seasons to change. I am your boy, Vector. I'm here with my boy, Jeff W. Jeff. Hola, senor. Going well? It's time for some Casa Bonita and some seasons change. We can also be found on Twitter. My name, Vector. Jeff's name, Jeff W. And our podcast, Seasons Underscore Podcast. Don't forget to share us with your friends. Let everybody know that Jeff and Vector are here to stay. You know, Jeff, I've been noticing our numbers have been steadily climbing episode by episode. So hopefully what we're doing is is uh, catching on with the public and uh, the paparazzi are outside our houses. We're going to be catching um, on in the mainstream. I'm a man of people. Something that the people want. So keep yeah. us going. Keep us lively. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you have some type of podcast review, leave it leave it there. Let them know that you like what we're doing, or or if you want to see something, we'll talk about it. But on this episode, we're going to be talking about the latest Bond movie and the last one in the Daniel Craig saga. Now, last week, we talked about leading up to the Daniel Craig uh, finale, all of the previous ones. At that time, we had not seen No Time to Die. Now we have. So now we can go into it. Oh, and... By the way, Jeff and I both filmed a YouTube video that can be found on the Geek So To Speak podcast, so you can search that on YouTube, and you'll find the video that we did promoting. I just gave a little quick afterthought on it, and uh, Jeff was using his editing skills to perfection, and he makes a little cameo in the video. If you listen close, I do. you might hear Jeff W., but... I gave my afterthoughts on that one. Jeff, what did you think about No Time to Die? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if we're going to rank, you know, the Craig Bonds. I am. I think this falls in the middle yes. to me. I don't Same. think it's, it's not Quantum, yes. even though Quantum had the most attractive lady. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, I think it's like middle tier. I would put it below like Skyfall for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Casino Royale. It might yeah. be number three, I think. That's where it falls for me. Yeah. I, w- I would say like a solid number three out of the, what is it, five total now? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like middle of the pack. Only because there's like a lot of things that, you know, I, I did like about the movie, but I think it, it falls short in terms of um, like the villain and everything. I thought the, the opening title or the opening song, right? After the first, whatever, 15 minutes of the movie. That yeah. You see. Billie Eilish. Uh, Billie Eilish was great. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what you thought. Of. We didn't even talk about that yet. But like, no. there was like the the segment. I don't even know how we like the CG, whatever. What would you call that? Like, I would what say would you like call opening like, title opening. sequence or opening credits. Yeah. is is I thought it was awesome. Like they had the, it was like the bullet or the guns lined up. And they were yes. shooting at each other, and then it yes. formed like DNA. Yes. I was like, "This is awesome!" So mm-hmm. there's there's things I, I liked about that um, that uh, you know I just expect to see in a Bond movie. You know, obviously the the Aston Martin, the car was awesome. The older style one uh, was great to see. Um, you know, there was a a lot of things going on in the movie. Um, I'm not sure if we should get into the nanobots. <laughs> Uh, discussion right away uh, or how, how you feel about that. Do you want to talk about that now? Well, yeah, I wanted to mention it just because yeah. it is very similar to a video game genius that we both love, and that's Hideo Kojima. Mm-hmm. And the nanobots are sometimes, I think, used as a crutch. And you see that in the Marvel movies a lot with Iron Man and a lot of yeah. technology that just morphs on and you're like okay how do you explain that you know that metal thing looking like liquid or something oh it's nanobots yeah. Nano, yeah. nanotechnology it's it's so small we can't see it we don't have to yeah. explain it yeah and 
you know, it's funny. And actually, we made a note here about the delay. When I first moved to oh, Arizona, yeah. I think we mentioned this in the last episode. When I first moved to Arizona, this was going to be mine and yours. Like, one of the first movies we saw together. And it was, like, going to be right around your birthday. It was going right to be, like, we were, like, anticipating COVID. this. Like, yes. we've been t- anticipating this movie for quite some time, you know, just for the release, not even prior to that, right? Yeah. Uh, the original release. Like, just from the original release to now, it's been, like, a year and a half or almost two years or whatever it is. Uh, well, what's so crazy, Yeah, it even goes back before that. So, yeah. I was doing a little bit of research. The development for it started in early 2016. Yeah. They had a script in early 2017. And then there was a bunch of directors in 2017 that were that were kind of in the mix. And it fell to Denny Villeneuve. And he did not do it because, guess what? He did Dune, which comes oh. out next week. Yeah. So week, he yeah. dropped out for that. Then they got Danny Boyle, who's done a ton of stuff, Sunshine and... Um, you know, ton of like big name movies. And then he dropped out. Like he actually got the the role, like he was going to direct it. And then he dropped out. And then finally they they got uh Carrie Fukunaga, who I would suggest you go into some of his previous movies. He hasn't done uh-huh. a whole lot, but as we'll talk about in this movie, I think he's a capable director and a lot of um the action sequences a lot of the emotional things they're i think a good you know he's he's a good director overall so um if you like this type of um like the emotional type of bond if you like the physical bond you have all of that in no time to die but like you said we've been anticipating it for a while and for it to finally come out you know that's just something that jeff and i were like all right we're we're gonna live to see this movie come out. You know, we're we're still gonna be around. We're not gonna die before this. It is yeah. no time to die before yeah. we see this movie. Exactly. And um, so I was anticipating this movie, and I was, you know, obviously catching up on the older ones and everything mm-hmm. up until this point. Yes. And then I gotta say, so I don't even know if we should go into the full explanation of what is happening, but the main villain of the of this movie has a nano machine technology that can specifically target DNA. And so like in theory, you could go into a restaurant, poison a restaurant and you have one guy that's a target in there. Everybody could get infected with the nano machines and it would only target that one guy's DNA. So in theory, it would make it like the most efficient, killing machine but then obviously you know you could take out like races of people and all and all that stuff so that's kind of the uh what's the word for that the not the villain but the what they're ultimately chasing right like yeah kind of like uh, the mcguffin or you know yeah something that moves the plot along everybody's trying to get it but yeah you don't necessarily like it's you don't go into it you know it's it's the journey rather than the destination of trying to get to it yeah, so they're so they're getting that, and which to me, as soon as I I saw that reveal, because that was something I had avoided. I knew some of the spoilers going in, and you had also been spoiled on a couple things. But like going into that, and all I could think the whole time was, I was like, "This is fucking Metal Gear." I was like, "This is like I'm watching <laughs> Metal Gear," and like that is a meme. If you Google nanobots, nano machines, Metal Gear you're going to see a bunch of memes basically. Right. Um, and that's like the whole, like that's how they, they do that. And like you said, they've done that in a bunch of other stuff too, but that's like metal gear is like very well known for that being like everything that happened that was crazy in that series was all like gets explained with, Oh, it was nano machines. It was nanotechnology <laughs> that happened. And that's why, you know, these guys can turn into this and this guy yeah. can do these superhuman abilities. So I was a little disappointed with that just cause I felt like it was pretty generic, you know, honestly, yeah. um, which, I think also leads into the the Bond villain. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a problem with Rami Malek, but I I mean I think we both mentioned that after the movie that we were like, you know, hey, this is uh this 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 villain was not you know fantastic, and that's yeah. been a problem with all the the Daniel Craig ones yeah. in my opinion. Except I would give a uh, what's Javier Bardem's character um, <sighs> in, in, in that movie when he's yeah. blonde. I can't remember his name, but he's wonderful in that for me. Um, and I love him 
like from you know no country yeah. old man and stuff so like i thought he did a great job and that's why that's one of my favorite ones but um you know this one falls into unfortunately the other category where the the main villain to me just wasn't you know there wasn't even like a they're just almost just like boring right yeah like he wasn't like funny he wasn't weird yeah right. uh, he was weird obviously a little bit but he wasn't like uniquely weird yeah. to me like it wasn't something that stood out where i'm like like whoa this guy is transforming into another person yes. for this you know yeah uh Harvey, javier bardem's character is raul silva yes uh, yeah yeah it's very interesting when you have you know these type of even like with superhero movies the villain you know, the hero's only as good as their villains. And, yeah, I couldn't tell you, you know, the characteristics of most of these Bond villains. Yeah. And that wasn't the case in the older ones, like the Sean Connerys and the Roger Moores. Like, there was some iconic villains. And that's what Austin Powers is kind of, like, parodying. And, you, you know, Odd Job and um, yeah. Jaws. Like, those guys. Um, even though they might be over the top or a little bit goofy today... When you look at these, it's. It, I think it, there's kind of like the Christopher Nolan, Nolan Nolanification going yeah. on here, where Bond has to be dark and the villains have to be a certain way. It, it feels like they're very influenced by that, by that the success of Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And Rami Malek's villain seems like he was supposed to be like threatening, but especially, yeah. and we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen the movie, probably shouldn't be listening to this. Yeah. I don't think there was any payoff. Like there was this build up to he had a connection to Bond's love, which I couldn't figure out how old he was. Now they yeah. showed him in a mask at the very beginning in this flashback, which this is like the first flashback they've ever had in a Bond it's movie op- before. It's the opening of the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like I was trying to figure out where we were and who's this kid. And it turns out it was Bond's love interest was the child in the beginning. And yeah. Rami Malek's character, who he was behind a mask, but I felt like he still looked like a full grown adult. He looked like Rami yeah. Malek throughout the entire movie. Like he didn't look like they had even attempted to age him up. Yeah. He looked so on that, like the chin part that you see, like his mm-hmm. face looks so damaged, but then you get to see his face once he's an adult and revealed later. You're like, I can see it's the same person, kind of, but it to me it looked much worse prior. You know, which maybe yeah. maybe they they healed him or whatever. I understand yeah. the explanation for it, but well, I was nanobots, like, if you're gonna go weird, make him look weird later. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was a whole lot behind him, mm-hmm. and even in the like the press tour and all the interviews and I see them together and they're like, Oh yeah. Daniel Craig's like talking him up. Oh, he's a great villain. Great guy. Yeah. yeah. And I go and see the movie and it's like, that could have been anybody. There's no, there was nothing that, that you needed to cast this good actor yeah. for. Right. And if we're going to talk about that, like if we're going to mention Javier Bardem, like there's no scene in this movie that he's in where I'm like, Oh man, that was like creepy. That was crazy. Yeah. There's right. like, it, it doesn't, he doesn't nail it. Like Javier Bardem and that, and that bond. I don't know if you remember the part where he's talking about like, you know, how he was deformed when he was with M six or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, when he was, um, bonds organization and he pulls yeah. his like upper be. mouth out and you oh, get yeah. your, feel like his falling apart face or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like showing you like how damaged he is. Like, I remember that, like that is a stick out moment for that movie. Like that yeah. is a, a great acting moment, a, a, a cool reveal of like seeing him and like watch do that. Like, but there is nothing like this. All he kind of does is holds bonds, uh, uh, I don't. I guess we'll reveal it. But like he's holding, you know, a family member of Bond, you know, <laughs> captive, and yeah. then, you know, even even in in you know, he doesn't. He's not very like ruthless, <laughs> even in some cases. Right. Like it's just bland to me. I yeah. think overall for like his character, not even the acting, just how they wrote that to me yeah. was boring. Well, and that to me was also because of what happened in Spectre with Blofeld, who is Christoph Waltz. And we were, I was expecting so much from him because me and you both loved him from Inglorious mm-hmm. Bastards. Yeah. And 
when he played Blofeld, who was an iconic villain before and Django, Bond. and Django, sorry, yeah, yeah. and Django. Um, yeah. I was expecting a lot out of that character. Yeah. That character just kind of fizzled out. Did not even like, just like with this one, just like with the Rami Malek villain, mm-hmm. who I I can't even remember his name, Sati or something, uh, whatever it was. Yeah. He did not leave an impression on me. Same thing with Blofeld. And then they brought him back for this one, and it seemed pointless because Spectre just got wiped out, which, the, you know what? That's kind of like the Dragon Ball syndrome of mm-hmm. the next villain has to be stronger. So how do we show yeah. you, oh, he can beat the previous villain real quick. Yeah. That's yeah. the way. Yeah. So him wiping out Spectre and Blofeld, I feel like that almost could have been taken out of the movie because this movie is two hours and 43 minutes, like the longest bond movie. And there was some slow parts. There was some stuff that I think could have been trimmed out and made it a little bit tighter. Mm -hmm. But then you lose like his only motivation for this whole movie is that Spectre killed his family. Okay. You wiped out Spectre. Now what? Uh, you're going to wipe out the rest of the world. Why? Like what's the motivation? (laughs) Yeah. Taking bonds, kid, like, and it was like, why did he save her? Because that opening, yeah. there was so much stuff that was confusing and, and like cloudy. Mm. He was shooting at her under the ice. Yeah, and directly he at her. He's not yeah. doing a circle. He's right. going directly at her. Yeah. And yeah. then he pulls her up and saves her. So if he had that intention the whole time, like you said, why didn't he shoot around her? Why didn't he make her, like, why did... What was the purpose of shooting why, at her? Why chase her? Why not just leave yeah, the kid that's with her thing. dead parents? That's another thing. So yeah, that was yeah. all weird. Are we like, talking about the whole movie about spoilers? Because there's a bunch that doesn't make sense to me. Either. Yeah, we can do that. So we're going to go, you know, he let, he let, okay, so let's just re, you know get to it. Bond has yeah. a kid in the movie, yes. right? right? So they establish that. They don't say it very like clearly, but they hint towards it like a hundred times. So you're like, mm-hmm. I get it, guys. Bond has a kid. All right, yeah. whatever. He has, she has blue eyes. Yeah. And then she's like, hey, ba- basically the sequence in the movie is, you know, Rami Malek's character, the villain, is running away because Bond's about to blow his shit up. And he has this guards and these protection around him. And he has Bond's child. And then she just wants to go. And then he's like, oh, I, but I have the protection. Are you sure you want to go? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, okay. And he just lets her walk away. Yeah. No explanation. So like, no, no cliffhanger here. Yeah. No, no like suspense and like him, you know, for he just lets her go. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And I guess, you know, they had other stuff that were gonna, was going to come after with the nano machines and, you know, the ultimate ending of the movie. But like it just made no sense to me where I'm just yeah. like, this guy is supposed to be a villain, but he just let her go. You know what I mean? Like, well, who would do that? Like that's a bargaining chip. And then on top of this, you know, the whole end of the movie. And I guess if you want, if you want to talk about the ending, I guess right after this might make the most yeah. sense, but cause I'm getting to it kind of. Yeah. Um, so the whole end of the movie is, Hey, we're going to blow up this Island that this guy's on and he's, he's harvesting these nano machines. Right. Mm-hmm. We got to open up the, the, you know, the bay doors and get these missiles in there. So bond, you need to stay behind. And they're, they're going, you know, he's, they're doing all this fighting. They're like, you know, you got five minutes, all this stuff about how much time is left and he's hurrying. But then like, there's no, like they're launching these things into space. Like they're still contained on this Island. Right. Right. So right. like, there's not like a, like Bond's not racing to stop a missile, which yeah. was weird to me. Like how much it's like, and they're like, oh, you know, the United States is getting in on this. Japan yeah. is getting in. On, they're mentioning all these countries, and I'm like, guys, like I understand the idea of like, hey, we don't want anyone to have this technology because it's too dangerous. But at the same time, like, did everybody need to risk their life when everybody's clearly in on this now? You yeah. know, like Bond's right. going to blow it up. So to me, maybe there's a perspective that works that I just can't think of, but I'm just trying to come at it from like a rational standpoint of like, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think you're missing it, anything. Yeah. What I think is this, this sums up every problem with the movie. I think Yeah. is I was listening to um, the film cast review that they did and they mm-hmm. mentioned 
this kind of has the rise of Skywalker syndrome, which is they didn't know wh- how to get to it. They just knew what they wanted the ending to be. And, yeah. you know, spoilers for Rise of Skywalker, but it was like, all right, we want the ending to be Ray is um, Palpatine's daughter and yeah. or granddaughter, and then she fights him at the end, right? So how do we get there? And then they reverse engineer the story from there. Not not a lot makes sense. There was not a lot of buildup from the previous movies. So yeah. you could tell they didn't have a clear plan. And J.J. Abrams even came out and said that they didn't have a clear plan from the beginning in episode seven. That's how mm-hmm. it was with these Bond movies. And you watched them all kind of like back to back. But yeah. there there were elements of Casino Royale in this movie where it was like, oh, he went to her grave, the original girl that he loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Felix coming back. You know, there's a there's a lot of these little tie-ins, but there was nothing over the course of all five movies that tied them together. Because at the beginning, it was not, oh, we're gonna, we yeah. know for sure we're gonna do these five movies. It was every yeah. movie came out. Um, okay, we think he's coming back. We think he's coming back. And even with this yeah. last one, it was like, all right, we think he's done. And then he came back for this one last one. But that's like kind of the difference when yeah. you know what you're going to do from the start and you have kind of like a plan and I'm not saying everything has to be planned out, but if you have those broad strokes, like you have an outline, then mm-hmm. you could fill in the blanks and you could make them tie together and leave little breadcrumbs all along the way. Yeah. And you know, I think, and I, and I think that is maybe the, like some of the sacrifice for like, Hey, we need to get bond in a crazy European city, and he can yes. race around in this yeah. Aston Martin. Like you got to figure every, out a way to yeah, do it. Every Bond so, movie is like that. So it's like the genre a little bit in, yes, in that way. Right. But I think it is kind of like uh, I just wish there was a little more than like, hey man, um, you know, from movie to movie, it's like, hey, you know, this guy, this group Spectre, actually, their manager is going to kill all of them. And there's another guy above him. Yeah. Oh, and then you get to the next movie. You're like, Oh, Hey, uh, actually he has a manager too. Yeah. And he, they're part of this and he's going to, so it was like, they just kept, you know, and those were up ne- the chain. And I'm like, right. I, I get it, but it was, that was it. That was all that tied them together. And know? that's them trying to be, um, serialized, which is like, okay, yeah. w- there's going to be uh, installments and then everything is going to fit together. Mm-hmm. versus every other bond before this all the other bonds before daniel craig were episodic so every every story was self-contained it was like okay beginning middle and end and then the yeah. next one all right here's the next adventure and we have to have these these beats of okay there's action sequence there's love scene there's shaken not stirred all these things and then the villain whatever there was this bond formula that went on for 40, 50 years. And now they're like, okay, we're going to change it up. We're going to make it serialized, but they didn't know that from the beginning. So I think that kind of suffered by doing it backwards and reverse engineering it. All the problems that we had with the movie, everything that didn't make sense. I think it comes from that specifically. Yeah. And then I think, so let's discuss the ending, which we can, you know, I think we have opinions on, and then I want to get into it. Just a couple things I really like about the movie. Um, so Bond gets to the end of the movie, or gets to the end of the, end of the movie. He gets to the uh, you know where these nano machines the are. Final the, boss, the yes. final boss scene. He's fighting mm-hmm. him. He has to close the hatches. He's yes. fighting. You know, which was Robin cool. Allen's I thought that character. sequence was cool. Yeah, all of this stuff is very. I love the way it looked, which we'll get into, but. He gets in a gunfight, kind of, with Rami Malek's character. They're they're doing their thing, and he scratches Bond in the face with nanomachines. Yes. Of, I think, nanomachines aimed towards... Tell me if this is right. I didn't read anything after. Mm-hmm. I just, just went in my memory. He yeah. scratched Bond with the nanomachines that were targeted towards his daughter and his um, uh, baby mama, yes, let's call both. her. Correct. So... It's not that he was dead from those that yes, he correct. could never be near them. Well, they said specifically he could never kiss his wife or his yeah. daughter. Or not his wife, but yeah, his baby mama or his daughter. Yeah. So when he like thought about that, all right, I don't need to live anymore. Yeah, I he's like, die. I'm done. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, 
Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> FaceTime don't exist. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. Um, and then Bond is basically going back up to open up these missile silos or whatever it is yes. in this island. These hatch, mm-hmm. these doors that you know to allow the missiles to enter and then destroy this uh, nanobot farm that's happening. Uh-huh. And in that, Bond dies in that moment. Um, right. Because oh, so. They had called in a missile strike to blow yes. everything up, and he was still there. He could not get off the island in time because yeah. he had to, basically he had to stay and pull the lever that opened up the doors. Otherwise, it was not gonna the the missile strike would not reach the the stuff. Yeah, so it was kind of a like, hey, I'm giving up because I don't want to ever not hang out with my family, and yeah. uh, I don't have enough time. So right. They, it it's was almost kind like, of like a give up moment. He gave him COVID, and he didn't want to give COVID to his kid and his wife, So, and he didn't want to wear a mask, so he yeah. was like, all right, I'm dead. All right, goodbye. So, yeah. but, but what was the point of his child for this whole movie? Like we said, yeah. she all she did was, all right, I'm going to hide from the bad guy, even though I was in his possession. He, yeah. I had been kidnapped, but I can get away from that. I can stiff arm. I can yeah. shuffle. I can spin <laughs> away, and then all I got to do is just say, "All right, I'm back. I, I'm back with mom again." Yeah. And bo- motivation for Bond to not want to live anymore—that was like the whole yeah. thing. So why was why did he have a child? Unless yeah. to ra- just child, raise the stakes, right? Was yeah from writing the, standpoint. The only yeah. thing I could think of for me that would make sense: the mm-hmm. child is the next Bond, the next 007. Yeah. is his daughter. Okay, that's interesting, right? We've never seen that before. But in the yeah. in this movie itself, I don't think she... I could have done... You could have done the exact same plot, but just yeah. his baby mama. Just Leah, Leah Sado is the it, actress. Exactly. And, you know, and, and all they used her for, and I'm not, I'm not here to, like, shit on, like, a kid actor, you know, but, like, they didn't really... There was nothing happening either in the interactions, right? Like, she's just a kid, so she's just staring into the camera, and then they just focus on the blue eyes, like, a hundred times, which is like, okay, cool, I understand what you're doing here, but, like, you've already done this three more times, you know? Uh, so I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, to me, I, I, I don't think there really was much sense, and I wouldn't... I don't think I'd want to see that movie, like, right away. I think this is, like, a cool thing that, like, hey, like, maybe later down the line you have like bond's daughter but if yeah. you do that movie next i don't know i don't know if i'd be interested in seeing it you know like right well, off, i, I would obviously like, go see it but yeah but i think I it'd know. be like five years from now like yeah i don't know what they're doing because right now you know there's going to be another one but mm-hmm. what is the next one yeah. you know i think idris elba is too old at this point everybody's trying to put him in the role but I, for me, it has to be an unknown, like Daniel Craig kind of was when he took over. It has to be somebody that we don't attach to something else. Mm-hmm. Because, as we saw in this movie, by the time he's done five of these, Daniel Craig is 53 years old. And his love interest in this movie is 36. And here's the thing. There, there was some dummies sitting next to us. We had some dummies sitting in this whole theater. They but, went to the bathroom like 100 times. But yeah, there were these weird old people that came in um, and sat down and they were talking throughout the whole movie. But when he kissed her, when he kissed the, the lady, I don't know if you heard him because you were on the no. other side of me. And yeah, they they were on my it. left and you were on my right. Yeah. These old people were like, is that his daughter? Is he kissing his daughter? And it was like, <laughs> what? What are these guys doing? Why are they here? Get out of here. And then I think there was a younger person that was like explaining to oh no yeah. this is the, he, he, she was in the last one but yeah. yeah i didn't i didn't like that whole thing and then the 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 age difference also kind of came into play with anna de armas who my she wife. had like my wife one, yeah. <laughs> she had one sequence basically and from what i heard the reason the whole reason why she because i didn't even know she was in this movie until yeah. like i didn't know either days. until until the movie. Oh wow! Yeah, I I saw I saw her on Jimmy Kimmel doing some uh, promotion. Okay, but yeah. from what I found out, she actually impressed Daniel Craig so much on Knives Out. They worked mm-hmm. together on Knives Out, and he liked yeah. her so much he kind of had a part written for her, and that's how that whole sequence came about. Yeah, because originally that 
sequence, I guess, was supposed to be Felix. That was supposed to be his oh. role. And they kind of cut, which I kind of feel bad for Jeffrey Wright. Like, they yeah. kind of cut his screen time way down and yeah. then put her in. But she was okay to me. Mm-hmm. But the thing about her is she looks like she's she weighs 10 pounds soaking yeah. wet. And she's over here taking out spies, like flipping, flipping over them. And yeah. I was like, I don't know how strong she is. Like, yeah. And she only had like two weeks of training. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so that that whole sequence was good. I thought it was a good action sequence. Um, the whole Jamaica sequence with uh, Lashana Lynch, that was kind of cool. But yeah. everything, I think, the, the sum of the parts... Yeah, it was okay. It didn't just add up to like Casino Royale, where it was like, "Oh, this is amazing." And I'm like yeah. you, I think put it right in the middle there, not Skyfall level, not Casino Royale level, but mm-hmm. way better than uh, Quantum of Solace and yeah. better than Spectre, which Spectre should have been, I think, better than it was. Yeah, and just to, I just want to go over things we liked because yeah. I do think this hits. I think it's pretty hard on like some of the bo- the good things about bond uh-huh um like i love the action in this yeah. movie like yes. and this is stunts, stunts were great top yeah stunts. like and we talked about this where like this is where the old movies fall apart for me a little bit yeah it's like things like the cg you know, like the cg and all that yeah. stuff and like just the right. stunts you know just obviously have evolved to be so good now like the camera doesn't like it cuts a lot in this movie obviously but like they just look good yeah so he looks like that he's doing so the stunts good. yes if you and, go back and watch the the Roger Moore and the Sean Connery, yeah. they look like like they're just old men barely yeah. punching, and you're like, this is supposed to be the top secret agent in the yeah. world, and he's yeah. like, I could take this guy out exactly. And but then Daniel like, Craig, no, Daniel Craig's taking he, me out. He, he's doing all this, yeah, and you know, just I just loved how the the movie. You know, number one, I did like that opening of the movie. The kind of it was almost like a horror movie ish kind of thing. I did like yes. that. Yeah. But um, yep. also then this next segment after that of Bond and uh, the love interest, whatever her name was. Yeah. Uh, in that European city. Yes. In the cars, he's ju- driving that dirt bike or that yeah. bike up that was great. and jumping. I was like, all of this was amazing. So I like that. You know, to redeem the movie a little bit, like all of that is so good. Yeah. The Aston yes. Martin, the cars, the yes. car stunts are all great. Even when yes. he's in the Toyota later in the movie near the end, yeah. they're right. in these like the forest. Yes. All that stuff was awesome. I loved all of that. It was like, because you just don't get that out of a lot of movies, I don't think, like that level oh, yeah. of, of yeah, stunt work, you know? Yeah, there's and, not a uh, whole lot. I think. We kind of go. We try to go to the Marvel movies now for those type of stunts, but yeah, there's no Jackie Chan these days. Like, yeah. there's nobody that's doing stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I think that stunts were top notch, hundred percent. You know, and I love, I love how the how it's implemented in the Bonds. Like, I don't need a car to go to space like Fast and Furious, <laughs> but I want to see him like when he's when he's on that bridge. And I think this is in the trailer. Yes. Um, so this isn't a spoiler. But when he's on the yep. bridge and he dives in that little behind that rock. And oh, they have yeah, that yeah, car go yeah. over right, him. Right, right. That seg- that looked so cool to me. Yes, I yes. loved that whole thing. Um, and we watched it in HDR. So cool. We watched it in Dolby. So the, yeah. the colors were fantastic. It was Amaz- I even, yeah, like I stopped you. It, not stopped, but I tabbed you in the middle of the movie. I'm like, hey, man, the colors on here look amazing. Yes. Like I was like, oh, my God. You can... You could, it just look and it's I think it's the way they film it too, like the Jamaica sequence was yeah. all kind of like directed towards that, but like it looks great. Um and then uh I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, the magnet sequence. Yes. When they, they break in to get the Russian scientist. Yes. Who like to me was like have you seen you remember um Godzilla, the like ninety nine or two thousand movie? Oh, the Matthew uh, Broderick? Yeah, yeah. I like, try the not guys, to uh-huh. the guy yeah. The guy's his dad in the movie is like playing like the stereotypical Jewish dad. He's like, "Oh, my David." You know, he's like playing it up and I feel like the Russian scientist guy was doing that a little bit like being very Russian. Yeah. You know, right. almost like uh just comedy in a way. Yeah. Right, right, right. But the tech like they drop him down this like huge elevator shaft. It looks like he's free falling. But they had like laid up all these magnets prior to that, and then he drops and gets magnetized like right at the bottom, and then they slowly drop him uh, once he's like a floor up or whatever. All the tech stuff to me was cool. Um, 
Yeah. Which that's what I always, when I was a kid, that's yeah. what I always loved about Bond was the gadgets mm-hmm. and Q. And it was yeah. like, oh, what Bond, what gadgets is he going to get? Um, yeah. So yeah, that all of that was great. Is it in the car? The you know, just having the little machine guns come out of the uh, headlights. You know, yeah, just that like was cool. it looks yep. so cool in that movie. You know, like I, uh, so you know, it sounds like we just shit on the movie for like the last half an hour, <laughs> but I really did like it though. Like I would, I would put this in like, you know, if we're ranking the Bonds all five, there's going to be two at the bottom that I'm just not a big fan of. But I would say like I like this one. Do you yes. know what I mean? Good. Uh, I was worth seeing in the theater. 100%. And I think um, very good in the in terms of Daniel Craig. So nice way to go out in his uh, Bond y- yeah. legacy. I think, in a, yeah, in the long term, we're going to look back at this movie and be like, yeah, it, was, it was all right. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know, we're, yep. it's worth watching. If I told somebody to go back, I'd be like, hey, maybe skip a couple of these, read about them. But, like, definitely watch this one for sure. Yeah. So that was No Time to Die. Um, I think Jeff has something that he wanted to mention. Yeah, so we'll get. This is going to tie into my recommendation. Um, yes. But last night I watched Halloween Kills, which is the second of the tr- new trilogy of Halloween movies. So there's another one going to be called Halloween Ends. Um, this is Halloween Kills. Uh, they released it on Peacock. Uh, I think it was last night. So I ended up watching it last night. And um, what what's your, you don't have you watched any of the the Michael Myers movies? Do you know anything about the history of it at the all? The very first one, and you know what? Okay. I watched it like in two thousand or something. So it was like they put it back in the theaters, and I watched it then. Yeah, but I'm out of all the slasher flicks. That's probably my I know the least about. I, I'm mm. much more Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, Jason. Those are yeah. and Texas Chainsaw, like those ones. Yeah, and so this is like a new series. So this new series doesn't, it, you know, there is like seven Halloween movies. If you just like go to Wikipedia, you can find like list of Halloween movies. There's gonna be like a ton of them. But this one goes from this new series has been, you know, there's the first two, which are the classic ones, like the one you're referencing, the one you've seen. That's the ones you should watch. Those are um, great Halloween movies. Yeah. And then this leads off from there. So like the last movie goes from there and then, you know, we, we go from was here. Was there a Rob Zombie one? Uh, there was a Rob Zombie series. Okay. I think that one was separate of all of them. Oh, I, I okay. believe. I haven't seen um, those. I'm not super into the history of this stuff, mostly because those movies are shit uh, <laughs> for the most part. Like if you look at, and, but the, and I'll get to this and we're, this is going to bleed into my recommendation. And then you can give your recommendation after this. But um, so this new movie uh, is fucking weird. Uh, He he goes, you know, there's there's things that are happening and it's great. You know, there's good horror. I do like this new series, especially the last one. Um, I think it was it just Halloween, I think is what the last one was called. Sounds about right. That one's a good movie. And this number H2O with LL Cool J. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Playing the security guard. Yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. So these movies are always weird in in a way, but this one, and and I'm going to give a spoiler alert now because I need to explain to you, and we have not talked about this, but this was blowing my mind last night. Like how, like how, they made this movie shitty, uh, in my opinion. So, and this happens multiple times where, you know, I get it. These guys are supposed to be like supernatural. Like they're supposed to be, you know, they kind of disappear, show up randomly. They're strong and whatever. Right. Right. There's a point at the end of this movie where Michael Myers is surrounded and Anthony Michael Hall is in this movie, by the way, he's a mm. guy that is chasing Michael Myers. Uh, and he was like Tommy Doyle. He was like the kid that was with getting babysat by Jamie Lee Curtis in the original, right? Oh, wow. With the blonde okay. hair. Like that's where this is coming back to. Oh, so he's like 40, okay. 45, yeah. whatever. Right. And, and he's in this movie. They surround Michael Myers and like the whole town is there. Everyone has weapons. There's people with guns. But then, like, they attack him. People fire, like, two shots. There's no gunfire happening. Just all of these, like, you know, blunt objects. Michael Myers gets up. And in almost an anime-like sequence, murders this, like, 30 people. and And gets out of this. And... It is the most ridiculous, like, he didn't escape. 
he didn't like slide out, jump in a car, or something huh. like that. He's surrounded. He's supposed to still be human-ish, right? Like you could, yeah. you could shoot him in the head. You could cut his head off. He's right. not gonna live. But he like somehow murders like ten people in this like ridiculous fashion uh, to come out on top in this movie. Uh, it's a segment I'll probably have you just look at it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you know what's this crazy is weird. Did you know? Did you see who wrote this? Uh, so I know isn't um. I can't remember his name. Kenny Powers. Yes, Isn't he Danny involved? McBride. Yeah, Danny McBride. Yeah, and that's why I was so excited when the first one was good. I was like, because him and his writing partner are behind these, and they're they're good in general. And and this one's not like the worst movie ever, but it's just fucking ridiculous in, in some parts, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but they do. I will give them credit for these new movies. They do nail like the feeling of Halloween. Like some okay. of the older sequels just don't have that. Like I would say H2O is good. They nail that like creepy factor, but not like over the top. Like, yeah, you know, like they get into like some of the movies get into the occult and all this other stuff in, uh, in, in the, in the older sequels, um, which maybe Michael Jackson wouldn't be a big fan of, but uh, hey. they, they get into all that stuff and it just gets ridiculous. Dang. But so I would not recommend it. Honestly, I would okay. say don't pay to watch that movie. Stream it or do whatever you gotta do yeah, to get if you it. Yeah, a Paramount Plus account. Yeah, yeah. Do do that. Okay. But um so this Halloween kills. Me, yeah, Halloween kills. This leads me into my recommendation. Uh okay. what I think is something I think maybe you should check out too. Um, is uh the Netflix show. We've I think you've seen the Netflix show maybe once or something. Uh the movies that made us yeah, the uh, one the episode that I watched, I wasn't a big fan of. I want to say yeah. it was on like Home Alone or something, but I yeah. just didn't like the style of it. So that you're yeah. saying this one, the one you're recommending is this, good. This one I think is decent. Now, don't okay. get me wrong. If it, it does have that like – if you're not a fan of reality TV like myself, I don't like reality TV. So all of those shows, when they're cut the same way and they have that same formula, I don't like. Okay. I'm not a big fan I love, either. I love one. reality TV. <laughs> yeah. But this one follows that same segment, so I don't think you'll super enjoy this ep- like episode. But I think uh-huh. there are things in here that are super cool. Um, like they just talk about the original movie, and like you know they you, they do go over the uh, William Shatner mask, which you know you can just skip past that part. We've all heard <laughs> that a hundred million times, so you don't need that part. But like they talk about certain things, like limiting of the time of like you know the house. How they had to like skillfully shoot in the dark because they have the house deteriorated in oh. one part of the movie and not deteriorated in the other. Okay. And then they talk about like having to edit on film where they have like this long segment where Michael's supposed to be walking through the house, but they only have four minutes and twenty six seconds uh to shoot this this whole sequence. Oh dang. And like no cuts. And they're just talking about like how they had to get around that, how they came up with like a cut point. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff in like how, you know, they took that Halloween movie to like a random town in Illinois somewhere and like, it was like gaining popularity there. So then it kind of like blew, it kind of like how it went viral, you know, in the seventies oh, or whatever, like, okay. like that definition of that, right? Like how right. it kind of, uh, blew up. So there's, right. there's interesting things. And it also goes over some of the stuff that just makes me reminds me of how much I love John Carpenter's movies. Um, and like the gene, like to come up with, you know, that Halloween theme, like he, he he doesn't take credit in those credits, but he came up with that stuff. Yeah. And like to make this movie and that theme, which is like two levels of genius almost of this movie and this music, he made it, you know, just a, a great, I think episode to watch just to get some background on that stuff. If you're into like horror movies or you're into Halloween, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know a lot of stuff that's in there already, but I thought there were some, some interesting new tidbits. Uh, so I recommend yeah. at least that episode. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was decent. looking, I've watched, it looks like 25% of the home alone episode in season one. And that's yeah. when I gave up. I did yeah. not see, in season two, there's Jurassic Park and Back to the Future. I think Back to the Future, like because it's my favorite movie of all time, I know everything. Everything. There is, I don't yeah. think there's anything they could tell me in that um, in that episode. But yeah. this season three, this is like something that I think I'm interested in. Almost all of these: Halloween, mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, RoboCop, Aliens, yeah. 
Coming to America, all of those I'm a huge fan of of um those just the originals, not when the yeah. sequels kind of bogged them down. Yeah. Um, and and I would Nightmare say too Bo- on this, not to cut you off, but some of oh, the yeah. interviews like you know, they're not going to blow you. Like they don't have John Carpenter in that episode. Oh, so you don't right. get a direct, you know, thing. But there's a lot of like surrounding actors. There's some like behind the scenes photos I've never seen. They do okay. some work to, to make it at least somewhat interesting, you know? Okay. So I'll, I, I will add it to my list, but I do have a long Netflix list, but I'll add yeah. it on there. Mm-hmm. So, so keeping with the Halloween theme, my pick for this week, my recommendation for all the listeners out there is a fun one. It is the Muppets Halloween Haunted Mansion. Or I'm sorry, the title is Muppets Haunted Mansion. And basically what it is, it's the Muppets and the the Haunted Mansion ride from Disney World or Disneyland and Disney World. So I know Jeff is not a huge Disney fan. I don't know. Do you, did you like the Muppets growing up? Um I like Disney. You know you know what it is is the it's kind of like Mickey, where the Muppets are more just characters that I know, but I couldn't tell you, like, hey, I okay. was watching this right. show. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Mickey, I know Mickey, obviously, but I'm okay. not like, I wasn't watching him on the steamboat, you know what yeah, I mean, or right. whatever. So you didn't watch the Jason Segel or the Ricky Gervais movies, the most recent ones? I have not seen them, although I will say, of any Muppets thing, I've heard a lot of positives about okay. the Ricky Gervais one. I've never yeah, watched it, though. That's the ones I would recommend. The Jason Siegel one, which is called mm-hmm. The Muppets, and then the Ricky Gervais one, which is Muppets Most Wanted. My wife and I both, we saw those in a the theater, and we love both of those movies. We quote, actually, we quote those movies to each other often. And Muppets was something that I grew up with. I actually was a Muppet baby. This might be controversial. I was a bigger fan of Muppet Babies than I was of The Muppet Show, which was from the 70s, wow. the original one. Uh-huh. And Muppet Babies, it was kind of like people doing impressions. Like it wasn't the original voice actors, yeah, um, doing their roles, but it was all baby versions of all the Muppet characters. Huge hit in the eighties. Anyways, mm-hmm. all that to say, this Muppets Haunted Mansion is really good if you like those two things that I just said: the Muppets and the Haunted Mansion. Which is, I know, our boy Wonder Rob from Geek So to Speak podcast. That's his favorite ride at Disneyland. So he goes every time. Huge fan. There's actually a really good on Disney Plus. Now that I think about it, I'm I'm searching for it. There's actually a pretty good um, documentary on the Haunted Mansion. And while I search for it, I'll just tell you. Basically, they go through all of the um, all of the Haunted Mansions throughout the the world, um, all the different parks. So you know, California, Florida. China, um, France, and Japan. And yeah. so they, they talk about the making of in each one, how they're different in each um, country. So that actually, that documentary is, is pretty good, and I'm, I'm still trying to find it. But the, um, the making of it and the kind of, if you know the different parts of the ride, then it's fun to see the Muppets kind of go through that. And it's really just two Muppets, really. It's, it's uh, Gonzo and Pepe, the King Prawn. And I just find him funny because he just does a, like a a Latin accent the whole time. Uh Um, And he's running into all these celebrities. Um, You would like, actually, Will Arnett is the, um, the ghost host. Like when you come into the Haunted Mansion, he's the guy that greets you. Yeah. yeah. So, it's just funny because you know you know Will Arnett from other things, so you're kind of just laughing because of that. Yeah, I say, and the cast, just looking at it, Taraji yeah. P. Henson, yes, She's uh, good. John Stamos, Danny yes. Trejo makes you know. There's a yeah. event all around, and, and, and of people. The funny thing is, like, they're kind of like hidden, not hidden, but they're kind of deep cuts for that ride. So if uh-huh. you know all of their characters from the ride, then okay. you'll like you. So. Uh, spoiler they're alert. on the ride like they're a voice in the ride no the, uh the characters that they play oh, okay so, okay i got you for example taraji p henson's character yeah. is when you're going through um the ride you're looking at these pictures of this lady and she's married to all these men and mm-hmm. as the light changes the it's like a portrait basically you see them together and then the light changes 
and she's uh, killed each one of them and you and it shows how uh, she's murdered each one of them okay. so she's like the black widow you know she kills all her husbands anyways that's taraji p henson's character so when you when you first see her and Pepe's like hey i love you oh, uh, that you know what he's in for because of her and danny trejo is one of the guys that she killed like one of her previous guys okay so yeah. it, anyways it's it's fun it's funny um it's it is 52 minutes so it is a little bit longer than i, I thought it was gonna be like a 30 minute thing yeah. but it's entertaining the whole time so i was i was enjoying myself throughout so like i said muppets and the haunted mansion if you like those two things you'll like the muppets haunted mansion on disney plus and i still am trying to find the documentary that it was a recent thing on disney plus um where it was going through all of the different parks um each episode had a different I'm trying to see if they have a, like a documentary section on Disney Plus. Uh, but I, I would recommend actually that documentary series is actually really good. You know what? I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. It's a yeah. um, a good documentary about the parks, the Disney parks. Yeah. So that was our recommendations. Um, if you guys have any recommendations of things that we haven't talked about that you've been enjoying, I would recommend that you send us a tweet. I'm Vactor. Jeff is Jeff W or our podcast is seasons underscore podcast. Let us know what you want um, or what you're enjoying and recommend. And, and we will talk about it um, next week. Actually, as we record this tonight and tomorrow mm-hmm. is DC fandom. So actually I think we might do a little special episode before next week. And, and uh, I think there's going to be at least the Batman trailer and the flash movie i want to talk about so i think we'll put out a separate episode just on dc fandom so be on the lookout for that coming down the pipeline on seasons change but you can always um share us let us know you know what you're thinking and let your friends know that seasons change is here that's probably the best way you know word of mouth is uh probably the the best marketing that we can do um so we are here and we're going to be talking about all the things that we're liking as the seasons change. So thank you very much for listening. And Jeff, can you hear that? What's that? It's the seasons changing. I hate you. <laughs>